amazing spending time worshipping and uh, we have the privilege of going into the word of God which is probably one of the most important things that we can do and so privileged to share this afternoon with you and uh, first I want to tr- just ask the question I trust that you all are doing well and uh, I'm going to say good afternoon everybody Okay, I've got it right this time, all right. Okay, so, and then, no, 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 you're not going to catch me with that one. So, everybody greeted me good morning when I came here. Uh, I still got it wrong. <laughs> all right, so firstly, you'll see Roland and Patty is not here this afternoon. Yeah, got it, eh? <laughs> so, they in? Okay, so, all right, so, and so, they send their love, and uh, Roland preached a couple of weeks ago, he preached on faith, and then Johandre preached on love, and they left me the middle one, which I'm going to share with you today, which is hope. All right, so, I'm not stuck in the middle, they just left it for me. This morning, but I, I really trust that. Oh, well done! Almost caught you. <laughs> All right, I really trust that that God's going to come and 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 put something of a hope back in you, that maybe you've lost or maybe you've just let it go or whatever it is. And I'm not going to get into the technicalities of what hope is and do a whole theological preach on hope. I'm going to leave that up to you. What I am going to do is I'm going to look at the word and examples of hope in the Bible. Because I really trust that God wants to fire hope back in us this evening. And so is that okay? So before I get going, is there any one of the youthies that want to be courageous and have hope to come to the front? Just to come and answer an easy question. Is there any one? All right, so... Okay, all right. If nobody comes, I can always rely and count on Matthew. Okay, so Matthew. <laughs> yeah, he's got more hair on his beard than I've got on my head. So, and he's still in school. All right, so, so just an easy question. So, Matthew, when you study for exams or a test, and then you go, and you've studied hard for the test. And then you go and write the test. Okay, as soon as you put that pen down, when you're done now, okay, so now you're waiting for your marks to come. What do you hope for when you've written, you've finished written that test? What do you hope for? Um, I hope for the highest mark, but I prepare myself if I get the worst mark. Okay, so, so you're not sure what your mark's going to be, but you hope for good marks. Yeah. Because you've studied and you've put in the work. Yes, boss. Okay, what happens if you don't study and you don't put in the work? I'm going to pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. You've answered my question. You, can, you may go and sit. All right. So, he hopes that because of how much he studied, he's going to get good marks. But he's not sure of what's going to happen. I want to say to you this morning, that is not... 
the hope that we have in Jesus because our hope is sure of God's promises. It's not like, yes, we've, we've studied the word of God and, and, and now we, 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 we're going to do our best. We can rely on the promises of God. And when we hope for something, we know that God acts on his promises as long as it may take because it's all on God's time. As difficult as it may be because of the circumstances that we're going through, we are not exempt from what is happening on this world. We're all going to face tough times because Jesus says it's during these tough times that we learn to persevere, that he builds courage in us, he builds strength in us. But it also strengthens our hope of what is to come. Amen? All right. And so this morning, if you can put up that first afternoon, if you can put up that first, for those of you that, that weren't here last week, this is a work in progress, and I'm going to need you to work with me. All right. So who went here last week? Who went here last week? All right. I do apologize. I'm going to ask you, just like Luke, to, to work with me on this one and to, to help me. Can I get a yes? All right. Okay. So I've got all of you that I know it's not going to tease me afterwards. All right. Okay. And so 1 Corinthians 13 verses 13 says, And now these three remain. Faith, Roland preached on. Hope, which I'm sharing with you today, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Say love. Okay. So we can have hope and we can have faith. But we, if we don't have love, it means nothing. Alright, so these three are together. We have faith and we have hope. The greatest of these, if they work together, they're not separate, they're together. The greatest of these is love. And I want to encourage you today. Faith is something that we have now. I have faith that God's going to come and do this in my business. But I have hope that it's going to look like this. But God knows what it's going to look like. But I have hope because I know that God says that he will work all things together for the good of those that love him. He's got my best interest at heart. And I'm going to work as hard as I can to honor and glorify him. But I have this hope because I know I'm going to go on the word and the promises of God. And so Romans 5 verses 3 to 5 says the following. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint us say hope does not disappoint all right so we've got that because god has poured out his lo- poured out his love into our hearts by the holy spirit whom he has given us hope keeps us going in the tough times, in the difficult times. If I have to ask you right now, who's going through a tough time? Who's going through a difficult time? I assure you, many hands is going to go up, including mine. All right. And so I know that what we all need is hope. And through these times, God gives us perseverance and he builds character in us. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to look at examples in the Bible of what does it mean to have hope and what does hope do? Say, so what does hope do? Okay, so I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at a couple examples now. And the first one is that hope 
believes regardless. It believes anyway. doesn't matter what's happening. Hope believes. An example is, which I'm going to use here is Abraham. And Abraham, we call the father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. He got God's attention because God made him a somebody when he was a nobody. And isn't that our story? All of us, before believing in Jesus, were nobodies. We were hopeless. And when we put our hope and our faith and our trust in Jesus, God made us somebody. And he gave us purpose for our life, right? Okay, so I know that I wouldn't have been here today if I didn't accept Jesus into my life. I would have been hopeless. I would have been probably been divorced. My children would have grown up without a father. And I don't know where I would have been today. But God intervened 16 years ago. Put my faith and trust in Jesus. And he gave me hope for the future. And I'm here today because of that hope. And so Abraham was first named father. And then he became a father because he dared to trust God. I want to ask you this morning, whatever you're going through, will you dare to trust God this morning? This afternoon. Lord, help me. I have hope that I'm going to get this right. Okay. This is what hope looks like. And so, this afternoon, yes. And so Abram was first named father, and then he became a father. And so when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said, what God said he would do. Not on what he couldn't see, but what he knows that God can do. Because there's things that God is doing that we can't see. Johan couldn't see what God was busy doing in his finances. He was trying to give Johan perseverance and eitofermoer and testing and pressing some buttons. Right, Johan? And so he, he strengthened Johan through that time. And Johan can now look back and he can see what God was busy doing. But there was an hope. But there was also a difficult time. And it was the same for Abraham. Because Abraham and Sarah couldn't get children. They were 100 years old. And they didn't let that stop them. So let's look at Romans 14, verses 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's our father in sight of God, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And then, is that verse 17? And then verses 19 to 20. It says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Abraham didn't look at his circumstances, at, and he looked at hey, this old body. He knew that God gave him a promise. Sarah was also, she, she couldn't get children, but they hold on to that fact that God said, this, this pretty much dead body of Abraham that can't produce children and Sarah that can't produce children, God will make alive with a speaking a word. 
And so this morning, what is there in your life that is dead that God needs to speak into to make it alive? And as I'm speaking to you, I'm trusting that God is highlighting things to you right now. What are those things that you're saying, I don't have hope, I've lost hope for this, Lord, because it's taken time. Just as Abraham and Sarah waited, it's taken time. And he's, they've lost hope, they didn't lose hope because they trusted in the promise of God. And then it says in Genesis 15, verses 6, it says the following. If you can put that up, 15, verses 6. Have you got that? Okay. All right, I will read it for you. Genesis 15, verse 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord. And it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed the Lord. He didn't look at his circumstances, the things that he couldn't see. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. This morning, Jesus is knocking on the door if you have never accepted him as Lord and Savior. And he's saying that if you put your hope and trust and faith in him, he will count you as righteous. He will give your life purpose and he will make your life count. And But you've got to make the decision just like Abraham. His decision to choose to believe anyway was firmly grounded in the fact that God was able to do the impossible. Matthew 19 26. Have you got that for us? Matthew 19 26. While they're getting it, it says, it says the following. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it is in, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that? Can you sincerely say, sitting here this morning, say, but with God, anything is possible. This very thing that I've lost hope for. Actually, God wants to revive that hope to say, with God, anything as possible and so do you believe that God is bigger than your circumstances this evening all of us are going through things God is bigger than our circumstances don't rely on your own solutions I've tried to fix things in the past myself and I just made a bigger mess of it just like Sarah tried to fix things by doing things the other way but then they realize no we've got to hold on to God's promises do you you still believe in God's faithful promise that he has a good plan for your future do you believe that God has a good plan for your future some of us sitting here today and say I don't know what my future is going to look like at this moment it doesn't look pretty good but because of who God is and his promises when he says he's got he knows he's got plans and purpose for my future for my life I'm going to hold fast to that to that word I'm going to have put my hope in him in, in his word and so I want to encourage you with that hope believes regardless believes anyway the second one hope resists bitterness and anger and resentment are you all taking notes hope resists bitterness and anger and resentment. 1 Samuel 1, verses 9 to 18. It's a bit of a scripture, but I, it's, it's going to give us a good background for, for what I want to share. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Anna stood up 
Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorstep of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. She was bitter. For a long time, God hasn't answered her prayers. And, and things didn't go as she planned. And her husband didn't understand what she was going through. Because her husband had another wife that had children, and she couldn't get children. And so the, the other wife actually um, uh, teased her, if you want to call it that, tortured her, that she could get, get children, but, but, but Hannah couldn't. And so she was bitter, she was angry. But still she was praying, she's in bitterness. And, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Anna was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought that she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Though Anna was resentful of Benaniah's torture, she was resentful that she couldn't get children. She was resentful that her husband didn't understand the depths of her pain, what she was longing for. And God not changing anything year after year, year. But she still prayed to God. She didn't allow her resentment to stop her from believing God fully. That God fully understood what she was going through. She didn't allow that resentment to keep her back. She still prayed. So even in those difficult times, she chose. And when believing gets hard, I want to say to you this afternoon, prayer can be one of the first things that we go to. How much are we on our knees before God, praying for our circumstances. Choosing to continue to hope has to be a deliberate decision. We've got to choose to continue to hope, to make that decision, whatever we're going through. We have to decide to pray vulnerably. She was, she was vulnerable before the Lord. Do we get vulnerable before God when our circumstances are difficult? And our heart was in a difficult state. I want to say to you this evening, vulnerability is where pain meets purpose. That's when pain meets purpose. And that's where God starts to move and He makes things happen. When we come before God and we are vulnerable before Him, and we say, Lord, this is my situation. This is what I'm going through. She didn't just list this stuff. She was vulnerable explained what she was going through. But what she also did is 
she changed the motive from a selfish prayer of wanting to have a son for herself to a spiritual and say, Lord, I will dedicate him to you. And so maybe you're going through things and you're praying and God's not answering your prayer. Maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to change your prayer from a selfish prayer to a prayer that says, God, I I want this very thing that I'm hoping for, but I want it to honor and glorify you. Just like Hannah prayed for a son, but she said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will honor my son to you. And her prayer was answered. And so maybe that is for you this morning. This afternoon. God just maybe is waiting for you to change your motive from selfish to spiritual. That doesn't mean saying that, Lord, if I win the lotto, I will tie the tent. No, that's manipulation. No, that's saying, Lord, I will honor you with my finances. Like your unshared this morning, as tough as it was, as even though the thought was there, I will honor you with my finances because I want to become a great steward of what you've given me because I want to honor you. Not because of just I, I want to I do things, because I want to honor you firstly. That means that even in your job and you struggle with your boss, and you don't just say, Lord, just change my boss. And say, no, Lord, actually, thank you for my boss, that you're using him as a means to, su- to supply for, for me and my family. But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to work as unto you, Lord. I'm going to work as unto you. I've heard many testimonies, and I've experienced myself in my business when I said, and when, I, when, when things were tough, and I said, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I quickly remembered, God quickly reminded me, no, I'm going to do it as unto you, Lord. Because when I do it unto you, you will honor this. And so, what is that thing this morning that you need to turn from a selfish thing to to a spiritual thing? This afternoon. Lord, I will love my wife like Jesus loves his bride, regardless of the circumstances. When I made that decision 16 years ago, God came into my marriage and he fixed something that was close to be broken. Lord, I will start to love my wife like Jesus loves his bride. And my wife started saying, Lord, I will love my husband like the church loves Jesus. The church is broken and the church has to submit. But Jesus loves his bride and he wants to make her perfect. God, I want to prepare my bride. Love your spouse according to what Ephesians says. Go and read Ephesians. Fathers, mothers, be good parents to your children. Father, Lord, I have hope 
for my marriage. But I'm not going to do it for myself anymore. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to love my spouse the way you want me to. I'm telling you, God, you will have a hope and a faith like you won't believe if you hold on to that word. It's 16, 17 years. God is still, it's, it's a working progress. And those of you that are married, you know that. It's a work in progress. But if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't have been where we are today. As parents, as children. God, I will take this relationship. And I will work on this relationship as unto you. And God will come and do what he needs to do. Amen. I hope God has put faith in you right now. For those who are married. For those who are parents. For those that have family, God wants to come. He wants to give you a new hope. Maybe you've, you've, you're thinking that this relationship with a family member, you've just lost hope for it. I want you to give you an opportunity afterwards, whatever that is. I want to prepare you now. I want to stir your hope to come for prayer afterwards. And I'm going to touch a little bit on prayer just now. But God wants, to, God wants to restore relationships. God wants to restore marriages. God wants to restore broken lives. I don't know where all of you are this afternoon in your life. Maybe you've backslided. Maybe you've lost hope. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you have got resentment, there's fear in your life. God wants to give you hope. I want to prepare you now. Afterwards, I want you to come to the front and give God the opportunity to change your life, even if you've lost hope for circumstances. Amen? Psalm 37 verses 4 says the following. I just wanted to mention it earlier. Psalm 37 verses 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. He wants to put His desires in your heart. But we've got to delight ourselves in the Lord. So in our circumstances, as difficult as it is, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will put His desires in your heart. And He will give you a hope that you've never had before. Amen? Let's move on to the next one. Hope. Has many friends. Esther three, uh, Esther four, verses thirteen to seventeen. You got that first. So, just to give a bit of back background, Esther was minding her own business, and then God said God wanted to use her to save the Jews. And so He sent the prophet, and so it picks up here and it says He sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. perish. And, who knows, but, and who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this re reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa, and fast for me. 
Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my mates will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and called out and carried out all of Esther's instructions. So that time, if the king didn't summons you and you go to him, you get killed. Right? And so can you imagine, Mordecai also said, you go before the king, because if you don't, you're going to get killed in any way. And so what does she do? She says, go back. Get, all, get everybody to pray for me and to fast with me so that God can break through. Can you imagine what she must have gone through when she was waiting there for the king? And so when the king saw her, because they prayed and fasted, the king accepted her. And the, the Jewish nation was saved because of the hope that she had, but because of the, the people that was praying and fasting with her. I want to tell you this morning, if you're going through something difficult, God's placed people around you to pray with you and to pray for you. You are not alone. I look at some of the com groups and the, 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 there's a prayer uh, WhatsApp group. Our people ask for prayer. And then the people pray, hey, we're praying for you. They're putting little prayer hands and everything. And then I see the testimonies. The same day, later the week, next two weeks later, hey, remember to be prayed for. God has come through in this way. Because we had people praying with you and for you. Hope as friends. I want to tell you, don't go through your circumstances alone. God has placed people around you. But sometimes it is not enough to, pl- to pray alone. The challenges we face may require the prayers of many to be successful. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 10 to 11. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope Say hope that we will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. God wants you to be in a place where you've got people and friends around you that pray with you and for you. And so when believing gets hard, We need our friends to join us in prayer. And you have to have such a deep concern and desire to move God to act that you don't care who knows about it. And you know what the other thing is? Asking people, knowing that you've got friends and family praying with you, it boosts your confidence. It boosts that, hey, I've got people with me, people praying for me. It changes your, your hope. It encourages you. And so I want to encourage you. Have people to pray with you and for you when you go through difficult times. The next one, hope expects God to answer. And in Psalm 38, verses 15, um, I think you've got the NIV version there. And it says, I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord, my God. The amplified version said, for in you, O Lord, I hope you will answer, O Lord, my God. Do you have this kind of relationship with God that you know, hey, God will answer? And I must say, there's times when my hope gets low, my hope gets low, and because of that, 
and, and I'm not specific with what, I, what, I, what I'm praying for, I, I lose hope. And then I wonder why God's not coming through for me. How do you develop hope that expects God to answer? This kind of bold hope is developed over time through spending intentional time in the Word of God. It builds and it strengthens our conviction about who God is. So the following scriptures I want you to put up quickly. I just want to go through them quickly. Psalm 18, verses 12. It builds up our strength. So the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock, my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Do you believe that? God is your rock. Jesus is your salvation. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I am saved from my enemies. Is that, is that, is that, yeah. And I'm saved from my enemies. Do you believe these scriptures? We use this. That's how we build up when we expect God to answer. Do you believe what his plan is for you? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I know it's an overquoted verse. Do you believe it? Do you have hope in that verse? And God is a personal God. Isaiah 43 verses 1. But now this is what the Lord say. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, he who created you, Johan, the God who created you, the God who created you, Vinay, the God who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by your name, you are mine. Do you believe that in your, in your identity, who you are, that you belong to the king of kings. When you combine this with unrelenting prayer. In Luke 18 verses, 11, verses 1 it says. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. To show them that they should always pray. And never give up. Never give up. God will answer your prayers. This is how we develop a hope. That will expect God to answer. When you go through the word. And you take that word. And you read it. And you believe in it. For God to come through. There's a saying that goes, a closed mouth, don't get fed. Right? So if your mouth is closed, we need to open our mouths. We need to give God the opportunity to answer our prayers. The concept of expecting someone to answer you means believing they are paying attention to you and care about you enough to do something. Do you think that God is paying attention to you? Can I get an answer? Yes. God says He formed you. He made you. Do you believe that God cares enough for you to give you an answer? And sometimes God will say yes. Sometimes God will say no. And then sometimes God will say wait. And that's when it gets the most difficult. Yes? is in that waiting period because he wants us he wants to build our faith and our hope right and it's in those times that we get our friends to pray with us for us the next one is hope never stops believing mark 5 verse 25 to 29 and a woman um, 
and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body, body that she was freed from the suffering. Her decision to have faith in Jesus has gotten the attention of Jesus in this overcrowded place. But she made a decision in her time of pain. Can you imagine the pain that she must have been going through? But she decided, I'm still going to reach out to Jesus if I can just touch him. This evening where you are in your pain, are you reaching out to Jesus? Say, Jesus, Jesus, I, I trust and I've got hope that in the circumstances, or are, you, are you just grieving in your pain and, and says, I don't know what to do? No. This is what Jesus wants to build. He wants us to reach out to him and to hope that he will heal us. When, when the pain clouds our judgment and tells us it is easier to stop believing, we must choose to obey scripture. Like, like 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says, for we live by faith and not by so when we can't see these things, we live by faith. These are the scriptures that we need to hold on to. But hope never stops believing. God wants you to reach out to him this evening. And then the last one. Hope is louder than the crowd. Matthew 20, verses 29 to 30. Maybe, um, Lindy, if, if you can come up for me. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped, and then in verses 32 um, to 34, it says, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately they receive their sight. So in this crowd, these men were blind. They couldn't see Jesus. But when they heard that Jesus is coming past, they cried out to him. And the crowd tried to hush them and say, keep quiet. Sometimes doubt is the voice of the crowd in our head. Unbelief is the voice of the crowd in our head. Maybe you're here this evening and you feel that your head is crowded and you don't know Jesus. You've never met Jesus. But I want to say to you this evening, Jesus is walking past you. He's giving you the opportunity to shout out to him, to reach out to him, to cry out to him. In this time of doubt and unbelief, I want to tell you that when we're going to pray afterwards, I wanna, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to reach out to him, just like the lady in pain. Maybe you're doubting, you're thinking, but if 
you're doubting this evening, Jesus is saying to you, shout out to him, reach out to him in your unbelief. The voice of doubt makes us wonder, does God really care about my desires? The voice of pain makes us question, does God care about my pain? And the voice of unbelief questions, does God care? I want to say to you, God cares. He wants the best for you. And he wants you to reach out. Why don't we all stand? With our heads bowed, maybe you're here this evening. And maybe you are the one that God is highlighting that you are blinded by the crowd, by unbelief, by doubt. And he wants you to reach out to him. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, with our heads bowed, you never accepted Jesus, Lord and Savior of your life. You want to reach out to him this evening. You want to shout out to him, God, I want my life to have purpose. I want to have hope again. I want to have faith. I want to be like these men and women that trust in your promises and you come through for them. If that is you, I want you to, to quickly raise your hand. If there's anybody here this evening that wants to say, that, Lord, I want you to be Lord and Savior. I want to shout out to you this evening. I want to reach out to you. Is there anybody here? All right. If that is you, and you don't want to put up your hand right now, please come to me afterwards. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here this evening and you are losing hope for your circumstances. Hope for what you're busy going through. And maybe you can come to the front and you can have people around you to pray with you and for you. Is there anybody here that wants to come to the front? Are we going to create space in the front here? That have lost hope for certain circumstances. Maybe God wants us to be vulnerable before Him with things that we are going through. Maybe we are bitter. We're struggling with bitterness. Maybe we're struggling with anger. Maybe we are struggling in our circumstances. God wants to give you hope with what you're struggling with. I want to say to you this, this evening, I've been struggling with my back and I'm going to ask people to pray for me afterwards. I've been prayed for a couple of times, but I have got hope that Jesus will come and heal my back. Just like he healed the lady that was bleeding. Just like he healed the blind men that was in the crowd. If you're here this evening and you want God to come and heal you, I want you to come to the front. And then maybe if you're here and you say, Lord, things are okay, but I never want to lose hope. I will never want to be in a place of hopelessness. Lord, I pray if that is you that Lord will strengthen your hope. 
through his word, that we will continue to spend time in his word. And then I want to give you the opportunity, if you want to, to come to the front, just like Esther had people praying for her, to come and pray for these, those that are in the front here, for their circumstances, for, uh, for maybe it's for healing. If, if you can come to the front and just come and help with the prayer in front here. And while they are praying here, I want us all just to close our eyes, the rest of us. Lord, I just pray for each and every single one of us here this evening, Lord. Lord, that you will come and give us and restore a hope in us, Lord, that we will never get into a place of hopelessness. Lord, that we will strengthen our hope in you through, through your word, Father, Lord, that we will spend time in your word, Lord. And that we will glorify you, Lord, Father, Lord. We will hold on to scriptures, to your word, Lord, that will strengthen us in our walk with you, Lord. And that you will give us a hope like never before. Yes, Lord. And then, Father, I pray for, while they're praying here, I'm, I'm just praying if there's anybody here, Father, Lord, that has lost hope in their relationship, Father, Lord, that's lost or is just going through a very, very difficult time. Father, just like Abraham had hope, just like Esther had hope, and Hannah had hope, and the lady that was bleeding, and those that were blind, Lord, they cried out to you in hope, and you came and you healed them. You gave them a new faith. You gave them new strength. Father, I pray you come right now and move in them right here, Lord, to give them a new hope to strengthen them, to encourage them so that you will be glorified, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I think if there's anybody here that's, that's, that needs prayer for work, is there anybody here that needs prayer for work, 